When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Wolves Weekly with Mikey Burrows, featuring the biggest names from past and present. Hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows and welcome to another episode of Wolves Weekly. And it's another special interview, and this time with the former Wolves winger, Jordan Graham. We'll talk about his journey moving to Wolves from Aston Villa as a young player and finally forcing his way into the first team picture only to have it ended by injury after 12 games. But boy, what a 12 games it was. We'll talk about the managers he played under and his thoughts about the current Wolves team. And there's a lot of self-confidence within this. This is Jordan Graham on his journey to the Wolves first team. I left Villa and came to Wolves. Kevin was brilliant with me at the start, to be honest, Kevin Farewell. So I was kind of waiting on something to clear uh, at Aston Villa so that I could sign. Um, so I was here for about two months, I think, before I actually signed. And then and once all that was sorted, uh, Kev was like, right, let's get the contract sorted and get you straight in. So yeah, so when signed, it was amazing. And uh, went into training with Scott in the Scott Sellers in the under 23s. Um, and I was there for, I don't know, I'd probably say maybe eight months or something like that. But obviously with Kenny as the manager, I felt like my performances in the 23s and my training, and whenever he called me up to train with the first team, um, they warranted probably, a, you know, a chance to be involved. And that kind of didn't really come. I remember the season finishing and... I want to say the following season that we went on pre-season to Ireland or something. And I was almost like certain I'd be going. So I was like, right, cool. My mind is ready. I've had a good off-season. Let's go over there and let's show them, look, I'm ready to play this season in the first team. And it didn't happen. Uh, they released the names of the younger boys that were going and I wasn't on the list. And I was like, and quite a few of the younger boys went. And I was like, something doesn't feel right here. It just, it just doesn't feel right. So... I said, look, I'm not going to complain. I'm just going to get my head down and carry on. So I carried on playing 23s, 21s, 23s, not sure what it was called at the time. Uh, and then I think it was around 
September, October time, I said to Kenny, I was like, look, I want to play football. If I'm not going to play here, I want to play somewhere else. So he said, yeah, that's fine. So Oxford came in. So I went to Oxford uh, under Michael Appleton, who were a really good side, actually, played some really good football. And I loved it down there. I think my second or third game was against Swindon, which Oxford-Swindon, as most people know, is quite a rivalry. And, uh, yeah, I played really, really well. And I think the fans just took to me from that game. They were like, oh, this guy's a, you know, he's got great feet, he's got great delivery. Da, da, da. So they were over the moon. We won that game, which helped. Um, and then, yeah, I just really found my feet. I really enjoyed it. I think I ended up playing seven or eight games, maybe a bit more. And I got a call from Kenny saying, like, we want you back. And I was like, okay, like now we're talking. Like, this is yeah. it. Come on. So I ended up coming back. Uh, we trained on the Friday before the Birmingham City game, ironically, of all games. We were playing Birmingham away at St Andrews. And I think I was starting above Docks. I want to say I was starting above Docks. And I trained like... A, it could have been my worst training session ever. Ever. So I was in the starting team. I kept giving the ball away. Couldn't defend 1v1. And then he put me on set pieces and I was overhitting all the crosses from the corners. And I was like, this this, 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 ain't, this ain't going to well, is it really? So, long story short, I didn't start against Birmingham. <laughs> I came back to the team and uh, I think, who was it that played? I think it was either Docs or Shea Ojo played in front of me. And I was, and anyway, next game, we got to the next game, I didn't start. Got to the next game, I didn't start. And I was like, wow. I look back three games ago and I was loving my football, playing every game at Oxford, having a blast. And now I look, I'm back to square one, really. I'm not getting on the pitch. So I went up and I saw Kenny and I knocked on his door and we had a really open, honest conversation. I said, look, I know I'm young. I know I don't have the authority to be demanding this and demanding that, which I'm not. It's just, I want to play games. I went there. I really enjoyed my football. I was having a whale of a time. Now you've brought me back with the intention to play me. I genuinely believe it was to play me until I put in that horror show of performance in training, which you had all right to take me out for. But I imagine at some point since then, I'd have got in the team and I haven't. So I want to go back to Oxford. I want to play. And he said, yeah, I understand. Yeah, that's fine. No problem. Yeah, uh, you can go back to Oxford. So I said, cool. So I packed my car, got all my stuff ready to go back down to the hotel in Oxford. And as I was on my way, he called me. I thought, oh, that's weird. So Gaffer calling me. So I was like, Gaffer, you all right? He was like, yeah, I've rethought it. He said, no, nah, I don't want you going back down there. He said, no, 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 no. Turn around, turn the car back around, come back up. He said, you'll be starting on Ipswich, no matter how bad you train on tomorrow, which was Friday. <laughs> I said, no, fine. <laughs> I said, at least take the pressure off me. So he took the pressure off me. He said, look, I'm going to put you in the team against Ipswich away. And I just want you to play freely. I know what you'd, you can do. You might not like me. You not think my methods have been the best way. You might have thought that you've been ready to play before this, but I think it's been a process. I've watched you closely, and I think now's your time. So, yeah, so he put me in against Ipswich away, which is a tough fixture, to be honest. Just, I mind you, they're all tough fixtures in the Championship. But, yeah, uh, I remember the day like it was yesterday, November the 21st, uh, 2015. I made my debut uh, away at Portman Road, and I played really, really well. I, I, I came off at 60. I was cramping Mikey like mad i was thinking this is a different kind of intensity to oxford yeah so yeah i lasted about 60 or 65 minutes and he's looking at me he's like you're right i was like nah kenny not really i need to can you can we can we kind of <laughs> what can we do here to get me off so i ended up coming off i had cramp pretty much everywhere all over my body um 
and yeah, I think that was just me getting into it. But he was delighted with how I played. I was. I had all my family there. My agent came. So it was a nice occasion. And then, yeah, it kind of just took off from there, really. I was just back in the team for the next game and back in the team. Before you know it, I was getting Sky Man of the Matches every other week. And it was yeah. kind of crazy. We'll, we'll, we'll come to that. Uh, you mentioned in there that Kenny said, like, uh, you might not like me. Did you not like him? I didn't like his... I didn't like his... Uh, I didn't like the way he dealt with me in particular. No, everything else I had no issues with. I mean, at the end of the day, the manager runs a football club how they want to run the football club. I've got no, I've got, I've got no issues with that. That's the way it is. Uh, but for me, the way he handled me, I just thought I was clearly putting in real good performances in the 23s. And when I trained with the first team, I was training really well. So I knew it wasn't just me that could see it because I could hear it from a lot of people. A lot of the staff, Rob, Edwards, Scott, were like, I don't know, it's a bit strange, you know, just keep just keep doing what you're doing. The old cliche, just keep at it, keep at it. And then when the pre-season thing came, I was almost a dead cert I was going because I thought, if anyone's going to get into the first team in the early parts of this season, it'll be me. So I've got to go on pre-season and show him what I can do. And then I didn't go. And I didn't hear a reason why I didn't go. And I was just like, Okay, so this is weird. So it kind of just left me in a position where I was kind of fighting my own head as to what was going on. I think, I might be wrong, Mark, I'm not too sure. It was a long time ago. I think maybe I did say to him, why have I not gone? Maybe I did. And I think he might have said, you're not ready. In my opinion, you're not ready. But then I looked at the list of the other six, seven, eight lads that travelled and I thought, hmm. <laughs> I, think, I, 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 I think I think the younger staff, I think the 23 staff and 18 staff, was would have, all of them pulled me and was like, I don't really see yeah. But just keep your head and keep working hard. That's all you can do. If things are not going to go in your favour, when they come back from Ireland, show them why you should have gone. And then show them why you should be involved. And I said, you know what? Yeah, I'm just going to keep going. And I did. But it got to a point where I clearly wasn't going to play. So I said, I want to go on loan and go play. Because at least if I go on loan and I'm playing well, you can't ignore me then. And that was pretty much what happened. Uh, I went there and did really well. And he was over the moon. I think he called me twice or three times on the loan. And he was like, you're doing brilliantly. Keep it up. And then he recalled me. So it was kind of a bit of a 180 really kind of went from feeling like I was going nowhere to the loan and then playing for Wolves before you know it it all happened pretty quick John I've known you a long time no, right no. so I'm going to be honest with you in all of this recording because I know you'll appreciate it anyway yeah um when when you first joined um people I spoke to around the club said we've got this kid coming in from Villa he's really talented but he's really impatient yeah and and everything you've just said in that about the amount of times that you were talking to people about playing in the first team. I know you were doing well. I saw you doing well. Yeah. But but you know yourself, right? Your impatience yeah. m- might have rubbed Kenny up the wrong way. I would. I think it would be hard for me to disagree with that statement, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. You know what? I'm just, I just want to play. I just want, and at the time I was at Wolves and I thought I had a chance to play in the first team. I was watching the performances. I thought I can play in that. Like I'm training really well. I'm working hard. I can deliver for you. If you give me a chance, I, I'm telling you, Kenny, I can I can deliver for you. I believe I can. And eventually, the, the irony of it all is, is that when he did give me my chance, I did. Yeah. So it was, yeah. But you are right. I'm impatient. You, I probably would have just pissed him off constantly, just saying, like, Kenny, come on, like, give me a chance. But yeah, that's me, Mike. You know me. I just want to play football. I want to play <laughs> all the time. You speak to my gaffer here at Orient, he'll tell you the same thing. But yeah. So we kind of ended up putting our differences aside and then 
actually, once I started playing, I thought he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant with me. He, he, he loved me. He gave me the freedom to do whatever I wanted to do on the pitch. And that obviously helped me excel. So, so yeah, it was, uh, I was actually really good when he went, to be honest. There, there has always been a confidence about you, even at that age. And I, I wonder where that comes from. Can you pinpoint it? Mm, yeah, probably uh, probably from when I came to, when I joined the academy at Villa and I was about eight and a half, nine. And there was a few of us that would just run rings around everyone in the games. We had a front three of me, a boy called Callum Robinson, who's now at Cardiff, but he's had a good career. And obviously Jack Grealish. So our front three was kind of crazy from under 10s onwards. And we used to just dominate teams. And it filled me with a lot of confidence from the age of 10. I was thinking, well, we can do this now. We can do this our whole youth team. We can do this in the 23s. We can do this in the first team. And that, that belief never really wavered. And all three of us went on to have... Really, all two of us went on to have good careers. And then you got Jack that kind of went on to have the biggest <laughs> career. But yeah, I think um, probably from when I was younger, Mikey, yeah. Uh, and my confidence is just, I always believe in myself. I always think that I know, in the most non-arrogant way, it's just I believe that I know what I can do when I've got the ball. And as long as I add the work rate and the defensive side of the game, then why, why, why can't I play at the top level? And that's, that belief still hasn't wavered now, really. I've had a really tough two injuries, one that I'm going through now, which will keep me out for nine months, and obviously doing my ACL at Wolves, which was really, really bad timing. But, you know, so I always, I'm a big believer in people have different paths and people have different journeys, and you've got to walk your journey to the best of your ability, and that's what I'm trying to do. So this is why I think you're a fascinating guy, mate, because, uh, you know, Pete, there's a fine line sometimes between, like, confidence and arrogance, and as long as I've known you, I have never felt, and I'll, I'll honestly hold my hands up, I've never felt you're arrogant. Mm. Like you, you have an unbelievable self-confidence and I love it, but I've never felt you're arrogant. And I think that that is why, to me, you've always been so endearing. And, and I, I you know, I think there's an element whereby probably some, some people probably got rubbed up the wrong way thinking it was the other thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, and you're smiling because you know it. But uh, I mean, maybe there's an element because you knew you could back it up, right? And and as you mentioned, it was the greatest 12 match spell I think most people have seen. When yeah, you finally yeah. got in the team. Yeah, I, I, I if if I was to sit here right now, I mean, I can't really call it a regret, Mikey, because it's not a regret. It is what it is. But my biggest frustration about my career as I sit here now and look back would be that I didn't do my ACL at the time I did for Wolves because I mean I've never played better football than that in my life really and I think that was quite evident from the fans reaction and the staff and the club as a whole the owners it was like what the hell is going on here we've got this kid that wasn't even playing was kind of arguing with the manager about why he wasn't playing now he's come in and he's played like this for 12 games 30 games like it was crazy like I had Oh, so much stuff going on, the stuff about new contracts and leaving to go to the Premier League. and Yeah, it was it was the worst time ever to get injured, let alone rupture my ACL. So that's that was really tough. But I always take things like that for what they are and try and be positive as I can, as positive as I can, and look for silver linings in those things. And... Yeah, as I sit here now at 28 and I look back, 
I don't know, maybe I wasn't ready for ultra limelight. I was a very excitable kid that hadn't had, you know, I hadn't been in a position like that where I was potentially about to earn crazy money and play in the Premier League. And maybe it was time for I had to wait it out. And maybe now I've still got to wait it out because I feel like I'm still learning about myself every day. I'm still improving every day, but the, the belief never wavers. The injuries and that might hamper me, but the belief of knowing what I can do will never waver. So that will be my one sad moment when I retire is that I think I probably am the most unfortunate player in the world to do that anterior cruciate ligament in that moment that I did for Wolves. I think that, that still burns me to today. Because you, your kind of um, ascension to the first team at that time came at a really weird time, right? Because it was in a, a period where, I mean, uh, we've done an episode not long ago where we brought back together Benick, Bakri Sacco and Nuradiko. And, and we talked about how, you know, that was a, a really kind of epic six months, really, of yeah. the three of them. And by the time you get in the first team, Bakary's left, Nura's got a serious injury, and Benick, if he's honest with himself, was clearly like thinking, I'm I'm probably done here, I need to get to the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, and you coming into the team kind of gave us hope that we could keep Benick for a bit because the two of you really kind of gelled and hit it off for that period. Yeah, hit it off on the pitch and off the pitch, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was brilliant. What a guy. What a guy. Um yeah, I think I love playing with Benick. Uh, I think his 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 movement and the way that he'd always want to get in the box in the right areas to score goals allowed me sometimes to. I don't know. As a winner, sometimes you got to look and pick where you want to cross the ball, or sometimes you just put the ball in. You ain't got the time. And with Benick, it was like I could just put the ball in the box, and it somehow seemed that he'd always be in and around it. Like his movement was fantastic. He's a top striker. I love playing with him. Kevin McDonald in the midfield. To have that kind of experience and someone who's so technically good uh, was amazing. To have Scotty Goldborn behind me for pretty much all the games, who another massively experienced player with uh, probably the best dress sense in football I've ever come across. <laughs> yeah. Was 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 yeah no I had a really good group a really good group. Um, the manager almost went from us not really clicking to the minute I played that Ipswich game, him and Joe Gallon his assistant were brilliant with me. Absolutely brilliant. So I had a really, really good, almost family-like around me to really make me excel in, in those games. And I think I would have done a lot more if it wasn't for my injury. Yeah, so that's a, that's a, that is a shame for sure. Um, it, it's a real kind of side point, but I love the fact you've raised Scott Goldborn's dress sense because and until we had Barry Douglas, who was obviously another kind of left back, um, nobody came close. Yeah, to, no, to I, I, I love Baz. I love Baz, but I think Scotty pips into it. Scotty was he just had a little bit extra. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's the, I had the connection with Scotty on the pitch as well. But I look at him as he was almost like a second dad to me while I was in the team because I don't mind having a go dress sense as well as I'm sure you know, Mikey. So when I had Scotty there passing the ball, I, sometimes he passed me the ball on the pitch, and I'd just be thinking, I wonder what he's going to wear tomorrow. It's crazy, like it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, it was amazing. It was amazing. We had a really good, a really good bunch, a really good group. Yeah, and and as you say, I mean, look, there was what uh, I think six assists and one goal in that twelve-game spell, and everything was there for you. And you mentioned the injury. D can you still picture that moment within the oh. game where? Uh, yeah, it doesn't ever goes away. 
Never How does. do you deal with that? Uh, do you know what? I watched a, I watched a, uh, I'll go off, going off the beaten track a little bit here, but it's the, the moral of the story you will you, you'll hear at the end. So I watched a, um, I watched a TED talk once and I can't remember what the lady's name was, but she did a TED talk and she basically, the, the, she'd lost her partner. So her partner had passed away and she struggled for a while, obviously, and grieved. Um, and then she basically said at some point, about halfway through the TED Talk, she was like, people kept asking me, like, oh, do you think you'll be able to get over it? Are you going to get over it? Are you going to get over it? And she said, I'm never going to get over it. I'm just going to get on with it. And I thought, you know what? That's it. And it was like a light bulb moment. And I was like, all the thoughts that I had about that moment and on the pitch against Cardiff, when I believe that's probably the most season, most career-defining moment ever for me was tearing my ACL in that specific moment. Instead of having to get over it, I kind of just got on with it. And I was like, do you know what? I don't think I'm ever going to get over it because God knows where I'd be now if, if that never happened. So it hurts. Like, it hurts, it hurts. It hurts a lot. But... To get on with it is different. I've moved on. Life is, it's turbulent, man. Like, things can happen. Like, you don't know what's, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So it taught me a lot of hard lessons that, you know, live in the moment, enjoy where where and what you're doing because it might not be there tomorrow for you to do. And that was really, really important, I think, for me moving forward, especially not knowing that I was going to rupture my patella tendon this season. So... The minute that happened, I kind of instantly went back to what happened at Wolves and I was like, well, it's done now. It's done. There's nothing I can do. Whether I'm happy, sad, angry, moody, smiley, whatever emotion I feel right now, at the end of the day, the damage is done. So you might as well try and be as positive as you can. And yeah, and that kind of shaped me really for the rest of my life, not just football, the rest of my life on how I dealt with trauma and how I dealt with difficult moments that are unexpected and I think it's a little bit cliche but it's, it is like the same the kill you makes you stronger the injury didn't kill me and I, I do believe it's it's made me a stronger person in life in all aspects because it was a, a when you think about that time I say Nua had a, a, a serious injury same injury yeah and um Mikhail Giro got mm. injured at the same time very serious injury very yeah uh, uh, and uh, I mean I I used to talk to to Mikael whenever I could, and I, I remember Nua like kind of really went within himself for a little bit, and I used to catch him kind of in the gym watching people train, like because he couldn't get out there himself. And I know he found it hard in that period. Uh, I mean, did the three of you talk a lot? During yeah, that we time? did. Yeah, yeah, we kept. Yeah, 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 we did. Yeah, yeah, we spoke a lot. So obviously, it. I mean, nobody wants to tear their ACL, right? But the way that it happened in terms of timing wise was actually really good for all of us because Nua did his and then slightly after Nua I did mine so I was asking Nua loads of questions on what am I doing and then by the time Nua was back Zyra did his so he asked me loads of questions and I could help him so it was like we had that time difference where we could like everyone was at different stages Nua was always two three three four months ahead of me I was always two, I think two months ahead of Michael. So yeah, it was like we had someone to ask questions and lean on and 
ask good advice and when what was it feeling at this stage and what were you doing at this stage is there anything you'd re recommend me to do at this stage so yeah um nobody wants to do their acl but to have three acls in one season is difficult that was a really difficult season for i know i can remember it really well obviously phil jazz it wasn't easy um but yeah well, i mean we came through it they came through it um and i look back on that time with pride because it was a difficult time for all three of us but i think we all really did the hard yards and all managed to to play again so so yeah it was tough but it was the end was rewarding Wolves weekly with mikey burrows judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's talk about when you got fit. Mm -hmm. And by the time you return... The club's gone through a couple of managers. Mm -hmm. First of all, I don't know what your impressions of Walter were and, and how much interaction you had with him because that was a weird period. That was a weird period and I didn't really have much, to be honest, because I was pretty much, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't able to train at all while he was there. So I was rehabbing the whole time, but it still felt like a weird period to me and I wasn't even on the pitch. So I can imagine what it felt like for the players. Because uh, there was a period in in that summer where we signed so many players that um, we didn't have enough room in the dressing room at Compton, yeah, and and people were literally kind of like, getting their stuff moved out. Yeah, well, did you did you suffer that? Were you one of those who who got booted out of the main dressing room? Oh, I, I was all right. I was all right actually. Believe it or not, even though I wasn't playing on the pitch, <laughs> I was actually all right. So I think he had quite high hopes for me when like in the future I think he saw what I did previously and he really liked me. he was really he was really good to me around the place so I always speak to me um kept asking me how long uh until it, I'd, I'd be back I think he had a guy that like was with him was his name Andrea or something Andrea Booty Andrea that's the one yeah so he was mad but he used to speak to me all the time like caught to me Jordan we're missing you how long until you're back we need you back to... so they actually treated me really well considering I wasn't playing but um but yeah, I do remember a few boys getting kicked out of the change room, which is never really going to end well, is it? Well, by the time you get back to playing, it's Paul Lambert. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. How did you feel? How did I feel? I was very disappointed uh, in the appointment. We're Wolves. It's a big club. Go get a good manager. That's a good person, and uh, I don't think they did. So they made that mistake in the first place, which I didn't think would end very well anyway. Then I was coming back to return to play at the end of the season. So I think there was a few games left. I started training, 
and this is at the end of the 2017 season now. Uh, and I was training and he pulled me and he says, I'm going to put you on the bench for the Huddersfield game. This will be our first game back involved in the first team. And I said, yeah, okay, wicked. He said, I'll bring you on for 20 minutes, half an hour. I said, lovely. Yeah, it's great stuff. So he brought me on. Amazing round of applause from all the fans at Molyneux, which will stick with me forever. Because I'd been out quite a while at that point. It was about 15 months because I did the injury in January. And then I had some complications along the way throughout the rehab. So I didn't actually return until I think it was maybe April. Hmm. So yeah, 14 odd months. Uh, so the reception was amazing from the fans. Played the 20 minutes. It was knackered, absolutely knackered after 20 minutes. Um, and then I remember the last game of the season was against Preston. I'm not sure if there was any games in between that or not. I don't think there was. I think the last game of the season was at home against Preston. And uh, and he named the team in the meeting. We went to the uh, hotel, what's it called? The Mount. We went to the Mount. We had the team hotel meeting. And I was up on the board to start. So I thought, oh, brilliant. Like, me and him have had a very difficult past. So I didn't really see it coming um, because he was the one that essentially made me leave Villa to come to Wolves in the first place. And then he also then came to Ipswich and kicked me out of Ipswich while I was on loan. <laughs> so when he came, I was like, well, this, this, I, I, this isn't going to end well. Anyway, last game of the season, he was, he was like, yeah, I'm going to play you, you're going to play for me. Da, 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 da. Uh, just go out there and do your best. I know you're not much match for it. I know you've come back from a real long-term injury, but it's the last game of the season. I want the fans to see you get some minutes. I want to see you get some minutes so I can assess you going into next season. And I said, fine, happy days. Anyway, played. Six, seven minutes in, got an assist. I was delighted for a while. Took a corner, got an assist. Straight back on the assist list. I was like, yes, this is... All my confidence is back already. No problem. Ended up playing about 65 minutes. I think I got man of the match in that game as well. And that was the last game of the season. The season ended. I thought, this couldn't be better. My body feels great. Going into an off-season now, have a couple of holidays and come back firing. The next day I had a meeting at the training ground with Paul Lambert, who said to me, you know what? Let's put our differences aside. We may have done things in the past that we've disagreed on and we might not see eye to eye. But what I watched out there yesterday is a player that I want to work with moving forward because I think you can be brilliant. I said, look, I really appreciate it. I don't want to hold grudges. I don't, I'm not really the type of person to hold a grudge. But some of the actions that you've done in the past would lead anyone to hold a grudge. I said, but I'm willing to move past that if we can come to this kind of arrangement. I said, because I'll work my socks off in the off-season now to come back ready for next year. And he said, cool. And that was that. We shook hands, parted ways. Go on holiday, he gets sacked. Nuno comes in. <laughs> it was just like a train of bad luck for me. The club, amazing. But for me, yeah. Then it got... Re- I, I didn't think it was going to get much tougher after the ball, but it did for me. So, yeah, it was tough. That was a really tough time. But it was an also an amazing... It was bittersweet because I loved seeing the club do well. I loved seeing the boys that I've known forever do well. But, yeah, that was a difficult time, yeah. Because this is the... The, the crux of it really I guess because by the time you get fit and and you're there all of a sudden you know beforehand like we say when you first broke into the team the the rivals for the place was a very young Shea Ojo who was on loan from Liverpool who I mean seems to have been around the game forever and mm. he was he was very young at that time and Nathan Byrne mm-hmm. right and all of a sudden now you've got Helder Costa, Ivan Cavallero and eventually Diogo Jota yeah, that's a different level of competition, isn't it? Different level of competition. 
diff- very, very different level of competition, but not a level of competition that changed anything in training. It, I was well up there. I was training well, playing well. The main issue that came was that he wanted to play with wing backs, and my whole time at Wolves, we'd been playing four four two or four three three, and that was a big game changer because. Cavalera wasn't playing wing back. Costa wasn't playing wing back. Jota wasn't playing wing back. And I said, "Well, I'm not a wing back. I've played here as a winger and done really well." I mean, if you ask the staff that I've been here, I'm sure the last place they tell you to play him is wing back. So I don't really get it because I'm a player like Cavalera. I want to get the ball one v one. I want to put crosses and I want to shoot. I'm like Helder. I'm like Jota. You're not considering putting any of them at wing backs. So why me? And I just got a shrug of the shoulders. <laughs> All right. So here we go then. Now I've got to learn a new position, which is mental. Um, and yeah, obviously you had Docs there, who was a natural right back who learned the position pretty much pretty quick. Um, for me, it was a massive, a massive change. Um, and yeah, we just didn't see eye to eye. I think that's football. Honestly, Mike, I think that's football. It comes in, it happens. You don't want it to happen. Nobody wants it to happen. But times you meet a manager and their vision for you and your vision for them is... I'm not the one that I, by the way, don't get me wrong, I'm not the one that's expecting to pick the team and exactly where I play and I can do this. No, 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 I'm willing to help the team, whatever. I tried at wing back, it just wasn't for me. I wasn't very good. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it, I had no experience of playing there. And now I've got this Portuguese tactician that wants to know all these roles. And I can't, I was like, well, every time I played for Wolves, I've stood on the touchline, gone 1v1, beat my man, and put balls in or got shots off. Now you want me to start tracking wingers over my shoulder and heading the ball on the back post. That's not really my game. I couldn't explain it anymore to him. Well, that is what it is. Um, and yeah, so that was kind of the end of me and Wolves, really. Because it, it, yeah. Uh, and I don't know how you feel about, you know, with, I mean, hindsight's an amazing thing, right? And when you see then what was achieved and what, what Nuno went on to do, is there a part of you that kind of feels like, oh, I wish I'd just stuck it out. I wish I'd been... I wish I'd been able to kind of get get in Nuno's good favour and and get a chance at where I wanted to be. Yeah, of course, in terms of, if you look at the team's success, who wouldn't have wanted to be a part of that? But I didn't really feel like I was wanted. And that's something that I think is important in football. You have to feel wanted. You have to feel like your manager likes working with you, likes wanting to get the best out of you. Uh, likes improving you as a person and as a player. Uh, I've played with many managers since Mikey that you know I can't speak highly of. And Nuno for me wasn't one of them, and that's just the way it is. However good his team's success was, like I was, like I said earlier, I'm delighted for the team. A lot of them were my real close friends, but for me, football comes down to more than just football. It comes down to how are you as a person? And there's certain people I'd love to work for and there's certain people I wouldn't. And that's just the way it is. Um, I think it's the same in any business. If you work in, I don't know, Audi or Lidl or Tesco and your manager, you don't really get on with them and you can see that they're constantly criticising and nitpicking the little things that you do in the wrong kind of way. There's a way to do things and you get the vibe, he doesn't really want me to, or she doesn't really want me to improve. Then you're not going to enjoy getting to work. And that's just, that's just the plain facts of life. Like, I, I can be open and honest to just to say that. That's just the way that it is. And, yeah. So, 
do I look back with regret? I do a little bit because the team got to the Premier League and, you know, what could it have been? But I wouldn't really have wanted to waste two or three years of my career under someone mm. that doesn't value me as a human, really. So, no. Because this is why I say to people that uh, you are confident but not arrogant because I was there um, in that period where um, we, we were playing some games, I think it was COVID-related, we were playing at St George's Park, do you remember the under-21s? Yeah, yeah. And and you were kind of the one kind of senior player who was having to play in some of those games. And I remember having a long chat with you after one of them in reception at, at St George's Park and stuff, and you always said to me, like, you know, I, I don't mind doing this, I don't mind playing it because I know what I'm I'm trying to do and get out of it. And part of it was helping out young kids. Yeah. But also about setting yourself up because you you were willing to go somewhere else. And if people look at your career trajectory, I know it's not gone the way you hoped it would, but you've clearly shown that you're, you're willing to take on different challenges no matter what level it is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I said to myself when I left Wolves, I want to go somewhere where I want to play week in, week out in a forward position and show what I can do. That was my goal. I said, you know what? Scrap all this. I'm not bothered about the money. Let me go and play somewhere. I'm going to play every game that I'm fit for and show people what I can do. So I went to Gillingham because I had a manager there called Steve Evans. Now, he can divide opinion. But with me, he was absolutely excellent. He said, I want you down here for a year. I want you to get the ball out wide, take fullbacks on, cross the ball, shoot, score. You're on penalties and just make this season your own. He says, you shouldn't be down here, mate. Get yourself back to the championship. And I said, you know what? I'll come down and I'll play. So I moved down to Gillingham. Uh, and yeah, for me, it was a bit of a culture shock. It was a life shock because everything was different down in Kent from what I'm used to in the Midlands. Um, life was different. I moved down there on my own. Um, and yeah, I just had a fantastic season. It was fantastic. The whole team was set up around three players. One called for Dane Oliver. One called Carl Dempsey, who's now Bolton, and me. And it was just basically get the ball into the middle, up to the top to Verdane, flick Hans or flick down to Dempsey and get the ball out wide. So us three were just vital to the team that season. I think I got, I can't remember, I think I got double figures goals and assists that season in League One and then signed for Birmingham. And before you knew it, I was back in the Championship. And I was like, sometimes you've got to take risks. It's a bit of a risk to sign a one-year deal. If I go down there and I get injured... You know, it becomes tough. You end up going down the leagues, down the leagues, down the leagues. And I knew the risk I'd taken, but again, the belief in myself. Can't really look at life as if it's going to be a glass half full. I'm more half half empty, sorry, I'm more half full. So the whole pessimistic, pessimistic, optimistic thing, I'm definitely the optimist. And I believe in not having negative thoughts before you make a big decision. And for me, it was like, nah, just, just go. Forget the money for the season. Just go down there and play. Show people, show what you can do to people, and your football will do the talking. And then I got my Birmingham move. Yeah, so yeah, it was it was a tricky period, you know, from when Nuno came in to when I left and ended up at Gillingham. But I backed myself. I believed in myself, and yeah, I've been pretty pretty, pretty proud of what I've achieved actually. Because you're what twenty nine uh, next, next week. Next week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so. You know, realistically, got what at least five, six years left in you. Hopefully, hopefully longer. Because I've done this knee injury now, I've had a real chance to like 
reset my body. So my, I'm getting my legs like really robust, strong, my upper body strong. I'm going to start running soon, so I'll be getting really fit. Like, and I, I, what my goal was, I, so I did the injury on the first, 28th of October, so I, my surgery was the 1st of November. So I've had from the 1st of November up until pre-season next season to come back an animal. So I'm hoping, like, what the surgeon said to me was, is how many times in someone's career do they get this nine-month spell to really just work on their body? You don't, because you're playing football games all the time, so you can't. So we said, look at it now as a time where you can really get yourself into a position that maybe adds a couple of years onto your career. So hopefully, Mikey, I want to play, you know me anyway, I want to play as long as I can. If he's still 34, 35 and I've got to pack it in, then so be it. But my aim is 36, 37, yeah, because I love it. And I've missed two yeah. years, nearly three years through injury, if you add it all up, the two big knee injuries. So I'm hoping to catch them back at the end of my season. That's the plan. And it's an opportunity to watch some games. I don't know mm. if you've seen any any Wolves matches uh, <laughs> since you've been out. I mean, I, th I think you'd love this team right now. No, I I, I've watched quite a lot of Wolves actually recently. I also want to say what a fantastic job I think Gary O'Neill's doing. I, okay, I said earlier I only had one regret, maybe half a regret. This regret is that I wish I wasn't at Wolves right now with him because I think he's top. Absolutely top. I think the way he interacts with the fans, the club, the staff, the kids, bringing the kids to train with the first team, his analysis on Monday Night Football, the way he sees the game. I think he's a proper, proper manager. I've got lots and lots of time. I hope he sticks around for a while at Wolves. My worry is that he might not because I think he might get poached because he's really, really good. But hopefully he can stay there a while because they, the club's going in the right direction with Karanil. I'm a big fan, a big fan. Because when you see Mateus Cunha and Pedro Neto running at people and being given license to run at people, and and you know because of your you know I say that that amazing twelve game spell that Wolves fans love that yeah 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 loved it yeah I loved it I don't know who loved it more them or me I know I think me. I think me. I think me, yeah, yeah. No, me. I, what I would do to go back and be able to do it again, yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic, Mikey. Fantastic. And it puts a smile on my face, especially when I see someone like Pedro. Because, obviously, when I watch Pedro Neto, he's so direct. He just wants to get the ball and drive at players and get in the box, and he's quick, and his end product's good. So, yeah, I think they're a really exciting team. Huang up top, I think, is brilliant. Um, uh, Joao Gomez midfield. I don't think I've seen a player win the ball back as much in the Premier League, like, he's, he's crazy. So, yeah, I think I think they've got a good dynamic, a really good group. Ike Nuri, I love him on the ball, I think he's fantastic. Semedo has turned into one of the best right-backs in the league this season. Yeah, uh, Max has obviously been brilliant for years now. I think Dorse at the back has helped the experience. Totti, I'm not sure about the hair, but he's a hell of a player. I think, and yeah, and... Jose Saringo, they've got a real good team, real good team, real good manager. And with the right investments, I think, you know, and hopefully the manager stays, I think they're, for the first time, I think in a couple of years, Mikey, I'm now looking at Wolves like they're, they're on the up again. And of course, a guy you know well, Matt Doherty is back. Mm -hmm. And provides that kind of continuity. I, I put some social media stuff out recently about the fact that, you know, he's, he's getting close to the top 25 appearances of all time for the club. Yeah, it's crazy. And yet, I don't think people kind of talk about him enough in mm. terms of of what he's done. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Hell of a guy. Hell of a player. Love playing with him. Love him off the pitch. Love him on the pitch. 
Uh, and yeah, just a great pro, just just a great guy, just perfect to have in your team. I mean, you can start. I think Docs can start in that team. To be honest, I think it's difficult with Semedo because he's been brilliant. But it ain't bad cover to have his Matt Doherty. Do you know what I mean? And even in the left back spot, you've got Ignori. You've got who else has played there this season? I watched someone else playing out wide when I know when Ignori wasn't injured. When he was injured, who was playing? Oh, they've got um, oh, they've got the Hugo Young Bueno. Boy, Hugo Bueno. Hugo. I watched him four or five times. I think he looks great. And even to have him, another young boy that's come through really the academy and coming to the first team, it's brilliant. Like, he clearly wants to get the young boys involved as well. Do you know what I mean? So you've got, is it Joe Hodge? Yeah. Yeah, Joe Hodge. Mikey, where was he from? He came through the academy as well? He he came from Man City. At what age, um, So he came, uh, I think he was about 18. Yeah, so um, still, it's another young player joining. And yeah, I just like, I just like, I think they've got a good balance of everything. I think the. The, the 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 whole dynamic of the club right now, I think, is in a good place. The best place I think it's been in a couple of years, really, pretty much since Nuno left. So, I think long may it continue. I'm excited to see what happens. Well, my final question to you, and this goes back to the confidence, of all the players we've talked about and how good you think this current Wolves team is, you still back yourself to get in it, though, don't you? Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> without a doubt. Without a doubt. Honestly, got to get myself fit, Mikey. I've got to get myself fit. I've got to hit the ground next season, hit the ground running, get double figures, assists and goals, uh, and keep climbing, and keep keep climbing. Never stop grinding, never stop. And never stop believing, mate. That's the one thing. Never stop believing. Because what can you do if you don't believe you can do it? Wolves Weekly with Mikey Burrows. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.